0: Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. I will do it. Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. It is wonderful to be with you this morning. Since I was last with you in worship back at the start of March for the congregational meeting... Laurel, Lila, and I have left one ministry and church, said a lot of meaningful goodbyes. As most future New Yorkers do, we sold a car, we packed up all that we have and own into boxes, we put our Florida home on the market, if any of you are looking for a winter residence, and we made our move to New York City very busy but all incredibly exciting it is an honor to begin in ministry here at madison avenue presbyterian church and we are excited to get to know you to live and minister among you and see the ways that god can be at work in our lives together here in this place you have a long and rich history a wonderful foundation to build upon and I am excited we are excited to be here with you and learn what God has in store for us within these hallowed walls and outside in these famed city streets well I'm beginning in my ministry here today's Lectionary reading from the Gospel according to St John deals with Jesus and his farewell discourse to His disciples. The farewell dis- discourse which occupies these chapters in the Gospel of John, deal with Jesus instructing His disciples on how they should live and what they should do in His absence. And whenever I read these words from the Gospel and the farewell discourse, I can't help but think of what it might be like to be a parent dropping a child off at university or camp for the very first time. I haven't yet had this experience, but one day I will. And you can tell me if this is what it's like or not, but this is what I imagine. You drop your son or daughter off at school or camp. Perhaps it's the first time you're apart for such a long distance, and you say to them, or perhaps you say to yourself, I've done my best to teach you everything I can. I've done my best to teach you how to live in this world, and now, during this time apart, it's my hope and it's my prayer that you will live in the ways that I taught you so that you can navigate this life with a wisdom and perspective and a set of values and principles that I have taught you all of this time. During this time apart, I will no longer be with you. It's all up to you. Do the best you can, but know that I am rooting you on, even at a great distance. This is essentially what Jesus is doing with his disciples. Jesus is warning them of a future time, a time in which he will be taken from them in the physical presence. He will no longer be with them in the flesh though he will be with them through the Spirit. The disciples don't understand why or how they'll be separated from Jesus. The farewell discourse comes before the events we celebrate at Easter just a few weeks ago, and the situation the disciples are being warned about and are about to experience doesn't match what they've been led to believe Being warned that they will be apart from Jesus soon leaves them confused and disillusioned. And Jesus seeks to comfort them for what lies ahead. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Powerful words for a shocked and weary group whose reality does not match the hope that they once had Several years ago, I was asked to participate in the memorial service for the father of a friend of mine. Leading up to the service, my friend told me how her father never simply said goodbye, but always goodbye for now. Whether it was dropping her off for college, at the airport before a trip, or at the end of a phone call, it was never just goodbye but always, goodbye for now. Each Gospel gives us glimpses into Jesus' life and ministry, his friendship with his disciples, his constant challenges with religious leaders and the ruling elite, his miracles and teachings. The Acts of the Apostles, also read this morning and prescribed by the lectionary during the season of Eastertide, outlines the founding of the church, and the epistles also read, address the issues that arose in the newly formed churches in the earliest generations after the life, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I love the New Testament. It has shaped my life. But sometimes I relate more to the prophets, and particularly Isaiah, which was written in the context of exile. Exile. Isaiah is addressed to the Israelites, a people who once knew God's love with absolute clarity because God was with them in the promised land. But then they were whisked off into exile, taken off into a distant land where God's love seemed and felt distant. Here in the farewell discourse of John's Gospel, Jesus is preparing The disciples for something a lot like exile a time of physical distance and i find the prophets to be so relevant in our world today and to me personally because sometimes there are times when we feel like god's love is distant when the hardships and the troubles and the struggles we face make it seem as if god's love is obscured and not as clear as we once felt I find the prophets to be relevant because there are times when we feel like we're in a moment of exile, experiencing distance and longing for those days when Jesus walked among the disciples, when you could see the work of God in Jesus Christ in the flesh, yet through what feels like distance, what feels like an exile from our ultimate source of warmth and love. We are not alone. And this is Jesus' message to us. A hope of future reunion strengthens our present reality, despite any seeming distance. Jesus tells the disciples, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may also be. And you know the way to the place where I am going. I cannot count how many times I've been asked to preach from these verses at memorial services, and for good reason, they're comforting. Promising a closeness with Jesus and hinting at a return from a so-called earthly exile and promising a reunion with those we love and miss. It gives us the hope of a promise that we will one day get to participate in the heavenly kingdom of God, which Jesus has gone before us to prepare. Here in these words from John's Gospel and from Jesus himself, we see that with God, it is never goodbye, but always goodbye for now. Thomas says to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus responds, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Addressed to the disciples, Jesus' response illuminates what he's already told them. I will come again and take you to myself. Jesus is the actor. I will come again. I will take you. And we are the recipients brought by Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, as Ephesians 2.8 so famously tells us. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, so that no one may boast. In Jesus Christ, we are no longer bound by a law to which we all fall short, no longer subjected to the heavy weight of Levitical purity codes and mandates of sacrificial offerings. Jesus Christ does what none of us can do. We and all of humanity are in need of that which only God can provide in Jesus Christ Jesus' declaration, I am the way, the truth, and the life, is one of seven I am statements found in John's Gospel, all hearkening back to God's proclamation to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus 3.16, I am who I am. Revelation 1.8 expands the response, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Lord God who was and is, and who is to come, the Almighty. In the United Kingdom, a six-year-old girl once wrote a letter to God. It's a true story. Her letter was brief and to the point, and I'll read it now. To God, how did you get invented? From Lulu. She asked her parents to send it to God. Her parents were atheists, which may have contributed to her cynicism. But her parents didn't dismiss the letter. Instead, they sent it to the leaders of religious denominations across the UK. Many failed to respond. One sent a letter back, but it was far too theologically complex for any six-year-old to understand. But Rowan Williams, the Archbishop of Canterbury, a professor of Oxford and Cambridge, replied. And I'll read his response now. Dear Lulu, your dad has sent on your letter and asked if I have any answers. It's a difficult one, but I think he might reply something like this. Dear Lulu, nobody invented me. But lots of people discovered me and were quite surprised. They discovered me when they looked round at the world and thought it was really beautiful or really mysterious and wondered where it came from. They discovered me when they were very, very quiet on their own and felt a sort of peace and love that they hadn't expected. Then they invented ideas about me, some of them sensible and some of them not very sensible. From time to time, I sent them some hints, especially in the life of Jesus, to help them get closer to what I'm really like. But there was nothing and nobody around to invent me. Rather like somebody who writes a story in a book, I started making up the story of the world and eventually invented human beings like you, who could ask me awkward questions. And then he'd send you lots of love and sign off. I know he doesn't usually write letters, so I have to do the best I can on his behalf. Lots of love from me too. Archbishop Rowan. I get a bit warm as I read it. The title I am is reserved for God alone. Who is God? Look at Jesus who explains, if you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, You do know him and have seen him. When we know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, we acknowledge that he is the Son of God. He is God himself. And so we must give proper attention to who he is. In Jesus Christ, we see a love that is willing to go to the cross and back. In Jesus Christ, we see a love that is extended to everyone and withheld from none. God's love was there for the adulterous woman. God's love was there for the tax collector and the sinner. God's love was not withheld from the Jew, nor the Gentile, not even the Samaritan. In Jesus Christ, we see God's love offered to all. As the Apostle Paul proclaims and tells us in the Epistle to the Romans, who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died. Yes, Christ was raised, who is at the right hand of God, and he intercedes for us. And proclaimed again in Romans eight thirty one: if God is for us, who can be against us? In Jesus Christ, we see that God is most certainly with us. And so, no matter who you are or how you are, God's love revealed in Jesus Christ is meant for you. My hope for this church is to know more of the all-embracing and sustaining love of God. From the pulpit, in the sacraments, in the hymns, in our education to people of all ages in our mission and outreach and our way of being in the world. God's love is a love meant for you and me, shared with the world. And while God tells us in Jesus Christ, goodbye for now, we need to ask ourselves, what are we to do in this for now part? Together, let us know the love of God so that we may share the love all as we await the full reunion with God through Jesus Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.